Welcome to your Veterans Resource Podcast, Return to Roots. This podcast is for service members and their family members regarding retention, transition, and reintegration from active duty to veterans in the community. Hi, I'm your host, Chris Elder, an active duty senior chief in the United States Navy. My partner in crime slash host is Yogi Hernandez, who's an active duty chief in the Navy. Together, we are documenting our experiences as we prepare to transition and reintegrate into the community. Every podcast will have actionable content that will benefit American service members and their families, as well as those who have already transitioned and reintegrated. We got some exciting news. My transition timeline 365 is now on the Android and Apple App Store. Go on there, download it, track your transition timeline, find Return to Roots Mildevet inside of the app where you can find new updated episodes and get the most up-to-date information on your transition because your transition and reintegration into the community is priority. Enjoy the app and enjoy this show. This material is intended for a mature audience. If you have little ears within earshot, please make sure that you listen to it before you allow them to listen. We encourage people to utilize Courage to Call 211 if you have any suicidal ideations or if you just need somebody to talk to, 211 is a great resource. Return to Roots. Welcome to the podcast, Amy Claggett. Today, we will be having a service member that she served in the Navy 13 years and she was advised that it was a better path to just get out of the military versus pursuing her medical board and or her medical induced process before getting out. She served as an AK and due to the circumstances, she became an SK, not to her choosing, but it was just part of what it was. And from there, she ended up transitioning and served with the DAV to learn about the process of how to file for the compensations, for the VA compensations. And then from there, now she just helps service members and veterans process through their ratings to allow them to have a better process. Hi, Amy. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So with that introduction, I would like to ask you to tell our listeners, what is it that you do and what is it that you focus on right now? How do you help the service members? Um, it's, I, I would have to start, I have to start at the beginning. Um, when I got out, I did the benefits upon discharge, which was a fairly new program at the time. Um, and I got my first rating disability rating. Um, you know, and I had some guy uh, that just kind of flipped through my record and went there. He was like, yeah, claim this, claim this, claim this. Like, didn't explain anything, didn't explain why I should be claiming this stuff. And even that, like, one of my things was like something that happened to me before I got into the military. So I'm like, I don't understand. Like, that shouldn't be an issue that's not, you know, service connected. That's not service related. That was well documented before I got in. And he's like, no, 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 you can, you can climb it. So I got it back. And I mean, I thought I did all right. Um, you know, and then, um, and, and, and I mean, going into the civilian sector, like I, like my transition as a whole was uh, a pretty rough one because 
I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was doing and my kids were still in school. So it's like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find medical. I gotta put food on the table. I gotta, you know, do this. Um, I ended up very shortly after getting out, getting a job in supply with uh, the Virginia Beach school system. And uh, it's, you know, so that's where I, you know, I got a job, so benefits are right. I got that taken care of. And slowly but surely, like that first year was pretty rough because a lot of stuff started going wrong medically. Um, I ended up having a number of surgeries. Um, progressing into a few years following that, I had some more surgeries. I, I, I think I actually got to a point where I, I, my New Year's resolution was no more surgeries. I just didn't you know, want to do it anymore. Um, <clears throat> but one surgery in particular out of everything really just threw me for a loop. Um, in 1998, when I was in at Sugi, I fell and split my knee open. And um, yeah, I did it right by the medical clinic there. They took me over there. The corpsman stitched me up. They gave me crutches and, you know, the standard vitamin M Motrin and told me I could go back to work. And I think, you know, while I was in, it was the one thing that I really complained about. I had a lot of problems with my uh, right knee after the injury, running drills, running PRTs, uh, being on shipboard life. And it just continually plagued me. And I finally saw, you know, a provider out in town. This is at this point, 15 years after the actual injury. And I was up on a stool and the doctor told me to do something and I heard him, but I couldn't do it. I just physically could not perform that action. And he, he actually did an MRI and he put it up and he said, you tore your quad tendon. Now the quad tendon is the main one that runs over the knee and keeps everything in place. So for 15 years, I was walking around on a knee, I shouldn't have been walking around. I mean, and they even looked at me and they were like, oh, I, I don't even know how you've been walking all this time. I have wow. no idea how you did it. Yeah. And then I, you know, I looked at my disability rating and the VA had given me 10% for my knee. And I'm like, hey, I, I, I was so, I have never been so mad in my life. I was so mad because it was the one thing that I had continually gone back to medical and been like, hey, my knee is swelling. There's something wrong, you know, uh, after drills on the ship and stuff, I had one of those old fashioned ice bags um, that I would just put, I would just put on, yeah. like I would put me up on the desk and I'd put one of those old fashioned ice bags. And I mean, there was, you know, there was nothing they could do. I mean, they gave me injections a couple of times, but other than that, it was, you know, basic. They never did an MRI while I was active duty. Um, they only ever did x-rays and, um, and everything like that. So not knowing anything about the VA system, I filed for an increase. I was like, I need an increase on my knee. Well, they came back and they were like, no, you know, and I didn't, I didn't understand it. And while I was sitting at the DAV and I'm listening and I saw some other women vets come in and, you know, they had some issues, but they didn't want to talk to the guys, the VSOs that were there because those guys served during Vietnam and they had never served with women. So they didn't want to talk to them. It wasn't that those guys didn't care or that they were doing anything wrong. 
So I was like, you know, I, I, I think it was kind of at that moment, I kind of, I was like, I need to, I need to know that, like, I need to learn this. I need to figure out why this is going on and why this is happening. And I, so I went through the training with the DAV and I uh, became a BSO. Um, and then I just, I don't know, I just, I plugged into the system, you know, I figured out that the VA healthcare system had started these women's veterans clinics. And now they all had women's program managers, you know, for women vets. Um, <clears throat> so it's really, yes, I help with disability benefits. I'll help anybody. Um, but at the end of the day, it's so much more than that. Um, you know, I've helped vets with discharge status and I've helped vets just get help through the VA healthcare system that they didn't even know existed or didn't even know they could do. Um, you know, I pointed vets just to get help with, you know, mental health issues, mental health issues, um, you know, to, to the vet centers, which are just for mental health. And they're in cities all over the place. And you don't have to be registered with the VA healthcare system to use them. You just have to have been in a combat zone. Um, so it's, it's really, it's amazing to me because it's just, it's parlayed into so many other things just from my knee. And, uh, you know, I also found that a lot of VSOs don't explain the process. They don't explain why this stuff is rated the way that it is. You know, why the VA looks at things the way that they do. And I think that while I don't agree with a lot of the things that the VA does, you know, disability wise as a whole, um, I can get, at least knowing that I can get behind why they do what they do or why they rate some things like they do. Like, I'm not as mad about my knee being 10%. At least I understand now why it's at 10% and it'll never be, you know, anything bigger. So that makes sense that does make sense and you know um thanks for sharing that because th that's a that's a big frustration i just recently filed my dav uh sat down with the dav um vso and my experience was where i'm at there's way more customers than there are vsos and what i'm talking about is there's seven to ten clients are going to see this one single vso throughout the day and yep. there's four or five of them in this office and the one particular place i don't want to name it off the cuff because i don't want to put out anybody's stuff but it's it's in the military base and there are a lot of customers and they are doing the best they can, but there's not enough VSOs. There, there really isn't to get enough time to really sit down. They, if you're not prepared before you go into that VSO, you're not going to know how to file what the file unless you sit down 
and look at all your stuff because literally they they'll run down the whole entire list and chart. They got a list, they got a chart that they're going to go down the list and you're going to answer yes, no, left, right, both. And even though I was prepared, I still was like, oh, what was, what was my answer? Like, Oh, uh, and I'm sitting there. I got pain in my ankle and he gets the ankles and I'm like, do I have ankle pain? Well, I'm experiencing ankle pain. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Right. And it, it's, it's overwhelming for someone that's kind of like trying to figure it out that deals with somebody that's got seven, 10 more people to deal with right after me. So it's really, it's really actually a, one of those jobs. I don't want to say the, like the DMV, but it's, and it's, it's not, the, it's not the people in there that make it like that. It's just because they have so much paperwork and so many processes they have to do. That's a, that's a really hard job. What was, what was one of the most common things as a VSO in the DAV did you deal with? What was one of the most common things? Low back pain, low back pain, you know, joint pain. Um, I, I mean, you know, for a long time, the, the sleep apnea was a big buzz buzz thing, you know, oh, look, you can get 50% if you have sleep apnea, you know, that is no longer the case. They changed the schedule of ratings on it to be, really? yeah, yeah, they've changed the schedule of readings. So it's no longer, it's ba it's treatment based. So you can, um, if you get a sleep machine and you know, it, you have it and you service connect it, um, that's fine, but it'll be about 0%, but it'll be service connected. So it'll be covered. And then, um, but uh, if, you get the sleep machine and it's not working, then you can get a little bit higher rating, but it's no more, you get the sleep machine and, um, you know, you get 50% off the bat, that is no more. So that means that you would have to have like some kind of follow-up after you get the sleep machine. Yeah, it, basically the sleep machine is not, basically the sleep machine is not working. Um, I understand why they did it because a lot of people, unfortunately, were, a lot of vets were going, they were getting the sleep machine and then they were bringing it home and they weren't using it. And then the VA was like, oh, okay, cool. So we're gonna, um, we're gonna get rid of your, uh... Nooch is calling me. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, um, yeah, people they weren't using it, so then the VA lowered their ratings. You so know, for everyone, you. anyone that doesn't know, Nooch oh. is the person that all three of us have in common. Right? Yeah. Donald Nuccio, he retired okay. as a command master chief. Yes, he did. He is amazing. I love him. He is as someone referred to him, which makes absolutely perfect sense. He is the turtle from Finding Nemo. 
There you go. <laughs> the awkward pause. <laughs> it won't be so awkward after edits, brother. <laughs> yeah. In fact, actually, I was planning on I was planning on editing that little blurp out, but now I'm going to keep it. Now editing. we're not. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, um, yeah, geez, this, uh, I mean, just helping with disability benefits and stuff like that is really with me now a days, it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. Um, I mean, I, I worked, I joined a competition earlier, um, I'd say last year, uh, the end of last year, uh, it was about veteran suicide and how to tackle that. Um, when the VA started their equity, inclusion, and equality deal, they started doing um, a lot of nationwide um, calls. Uh, <clears throat> you know, so I was on a few of those as far as the VA healthcare. Um, I think, you know, now when I when I help vets, I just tackle it, you know, vet by vet because every vet is different and in, in what they need. Um, you know, whether they're some aren't looking for the disability benefits, you know, for whatever reason they don't think they need it. Um, I've run into women vets who don't because the time frame that they were in service, they didn't deploy or they weren't on, you know, ships or or what because they couldn't be. You know, so for whatever reason, they get this idea in their head that they're not a veteran. I've run into that. Um, really? And it's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's, no, 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 no. You served, you know, that that wasn't your fault that you couldn't deploy or didn't want to deploy. That was, you know, they didn't have, you know, they didn't have the birthing. They didn't have, I mean, when I transferred from Italy back to the States to a ship, to Norfolk, Virginia, I mean, you'd think, right, there'd be rack space for one. I waited an additional two months to get orders because there wasn't any rack space and I was transferring to Norfolk, Virginia. So, and that was in 2002. So, you know, just, <laughs> um, I mean, when I got to Japan, the independence was still there um the wing had not been integrated the kitty hawk had not come yet um atsugi had one rack of female uniforms so, holy smokes yep <laughs> so yep. for the record i took the kitty hawk back to san diego oh okay <laughs> yep you know when i checked in at 51 um, there were nine women in the squadron, nine, <laughs> you know, including me. So, um, no bad experiences at all whatsoever. Um, 51 was definitely my best command ever. It was just the time frame I was there, but, um, I mean, it's, I, I think if I leave any vets with anything, it's that. A lot of vets tend to lump the VA into one huge category. And really it's it's not. 
the disability and the health care are not in concert with each other. They work off of each other and there are things that will bounce off of each other, but they're not. And then you have the education side of it. That's completely different. And then from the burials and the pensions and, you know, there's so much. And everybody goes, well, the VA as a whole is just this really bad. No, it's just the largest government agency we have. And it's, it's packed everything under one umbrella. Um, you know, I have through multiple other VA healthcare systems there, you know, yeah, it is coast to coast and it is, you know, government controlled and all that nice stuff. But each individual VA system is not created equal. The one that you have in San Diego is not as good as the, you know, in fact, San Diego and Hampton, Virginia are probably some of the worst VAs, but it's not their fault. It's the fact that you have all these vets getting out and getting jobs there and staying there <laughs> and well, using that VA healthcare system. No, no, all of them are getting jobs either. The homeless population here in California right. is 30% of the homeless in California are veterans. So you got to think there's a large homeless population here in San Diego and LA. There's just a yeah. massive, massive amount of homeless veterans in this area. So I imagine that they are also trying to get their stuff figured out once they actually finally get in there. Cause I'm pretty yeah. sure not all of them are utilizing their veteran resources. They are, kind of just sitting there and then if you look at the other demographic of veterans that actually and those are veterans that actually claim their claim their stuff right to be able to go to the veteran hospitals and then you got the veterans that just separate and they didn't do any of their stuff they just and then they're just sitting there maybe they're going through some medical stuff and their eaos happened and then they pretty much didn't take care of any of their DDD because it, is. it was too late for them or after they were in, they didn't actually file for any other stuff because they don't even know where to start. E even though I know from my own personal experience, you know, I had the possibility of going med board, but I chose to put my fleet reserve in and because of my family situation i i just can't i i can't sit here and wait you know hey i'm still going to get treatment after the navy but i chose for my family you know and a lot of these people i feel like i'm pretty prepared a lot of these people may not be as prepared as i i am or a lot of these people may not have the opportunities that I have. So like, I understand that's why there's a lot of stuff like that. And if you have any kind of medical thing going on with you, especially if it's PTSD or any kind of mental aspect, <laughs> that's, that's wrong. Well, it, yeah. Well, the, like you know, people. a common, a common, uh, I say a common thread through the veteran community and even, you know, active duty as you're transitioning out with mental health 
Um, a big fear is that the VA is going to take away your gun rights. Um, you know, if you go and get help, it's a huge thing. Um, and I do spend time explaining that to that. It's like, you can get help. They're not going to take away your gun rights, you know, as long as you can pay your bills and you're not threatening to go, you know, shoot up a shopping mall. Um, you can still get help, you know, and you should get help. You shouldn't let it go. You shouldn't let it fester. Um, that's why I recommend the vet centers that are for, I mean, they are, they were built to, and so they can see the VA records at the vet centers, you know, but they are just, they are not doctors. It is a center. You can get, they can do family counseling, um, but mostly it's with these, it's with combat vets, um, MST survivors, things like that. And you don't have to have a disability status to get in the door. You don't, you know, you need your DD-214 and, and proof that you're in a combat zone. So if you have that, you can get in the door. Or uh, if you weren't in a combat zone, you know, unfortunately, you know, like an MST, a, a trauma, regardless of whether you're male or female, because it can happen to both. So um, those vet centers are great. You know, and they have group counseling and it's just, you know, it's just veterans. Um, I've heard a lot of success with them. Um, the law actually changed a little bit ago uh, as far as um, people with other than honorables that weren't able to get any kind of counseling or get anything like that. They can go to these vet centers and get mental health help now. So because, you know, they didn't understand PTSD 10, 15, 20 years ago. So, you know, that's actually a really positive change. And here, here's a lot of things that people don't really understand about mental health. You could have that top performer, then something happens to them that nobody else sees. Now they have this invisible wound in the mind mm -hmm. that causes them to act irrationally out of norm and then they end up going through the njp non-judicial punishment process and then they find themselves on the other side of the service out abandoned essentially because they were NJP'd out of the military because yep. of a mental injury that they incurred that nobody else can see. So it's good that they have change in the mental health aspect because a lot they of do. these people that have these mental breakdowns and get kicked out without any actual treatment, that's 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 awesome because i guarantee you most of those homeless vets that you see out there that are yeah. like oh well i can't get any help because my sergeant or my chief or my petty officer my commanding officer told me that i would never get any of the veteran resources so i'm sitting here not getting any help because of that so that's that's good that they're finally finally changing that I think, I think the hardest thing about transition is just, and 
just the more vets I work with, the more I see it, uh, you know, or even veterans I encounter, um, the hardest thing with transition is realizing you've got to take control of your health. You have to take control of, you know, it, it is, it is on you. It, you know, nobody's going to tell you what to wear to work anymore. Nobody's going to tell you. I mean, it's a big shock to the system, obviously, that you're not being told when to eat, you know, and what to wear. But, um, you know, even not having a plan, but realizing that is, I think, paramount. And, you, you know, the VA is not, they're not, I think a lot of people get mad at the VA healthcare because they don't babysit. Um, you know, I mean, admittedly, I, you know, I dealt with DA healthcare this morning and, you know, and picked up the phone and because, you know, they had a provider leave, um, and, you know, I had scheduled an appointment and, you know, it was a mental health, you know, appointment and they hadn't told me, they hadn't bothered to tell me. And, you know, I pick up the phone and I call the women's program manager because that goes straight to the top of the chain, you know, at the healthcare, because my thing is, hey, guys, you know, how many veterans are we losing a day? This isn't right that it happened to me, but I'm glad it happened to me because at least I know, you know, which phone number to call because this shouldn't be happening to other vets. Um, you guys need to do a better job with this. Um, I think. I, I wish there were more vets out there like me. <laughs> kind of stuff. So I just, I get so mad. Um, you know, I'm like, this is why you guys get such a bad rap. You guys need to do better. I mean, everybody makes mistakes, but come on, we can do better than this. <laughs> so I would like to shift the focus, right? Sure. And I would like to say that there are, I throwing numbers out there, right, which they're not quantified by anybody, but I would say the majority of vets want to make a difference, want to help, and want to be successful mm -hmm. and help everybody else out. The problem is, is that they don't have what guidance to go through, right? One of the things that we say in the military is like, where's the publication? Where's the guidance? Where's everything, right? If you don't trust, if you don't trust your chief, you don't, if you don't trust your LPO, where's the black and white? Where's the, where's the instruction that, so that you can rebuttal it, right? Every, and here as a veteran, you don't know what you don't know. So therefore, you don't know what you're arguing against or what you're fighting against. You're just going to the teller that, calls you or finally answers your phone or the overwhelmed VA rep or overwhelmed other rep, any organization rep, and either having a bad day, they just turn them around and they walk away from everything and they get disconnected. And it breaks my heart that being who we are, knowing what we do and seeing every veteran that I've ever encountered, especially during my transition over the, this last year. Yeah. They're not done serving and they don't want to be done serving. They no, just they find themselves so lost with anyone to help because they don't want to help themselves. 
they don't they're not selfish they want to help somebody else but because they don't know how to help anyone else they're like well i'm not worthy enough for this i'm not worthy enough for that i'm the only one that is suffering through this so i'm just complaining about everything so it's my fault it's my fault it's my fault it's not anyone else so i must be the problem and since i'm the problem and no one else is suffering through this and i'm suffering in silence i just take it all on myself and you know what i'll just own it and it is my fault that i'm homeless it is my fault that i'm going to prison or you know if i make if i choose to make and I say this cold heart, not cold heartedly, but because I was going down that rabbit hole, right? I have had suicidal ideations for the last 15 years. And when you start going down that rabbit hole, it is super difficult and you don't know, right? But when you, when you, the way I started fighting that, I became a, a rep in the, the suicide awareness coordinator so I can help everybody else, right? Again, still, I'm going through all this stuff, yet I want to help everybody else not go through this stuff, right? Just the, just the same way you're doing it, the same way you're doing it, right? And so you go through all that stuff and you think about if there's no one else out there that is suffering what I'm suffering, then I should just remove myself because I'm just creating problems for everybody else. <laughs> but you don't think about that and you don't see that until sometimes it's too late. Yeah. And if there's no one to grab you by the hand and smack you around and say, hey, wake the fuck up. You're not alone. You have a family, you have a tribe, you have every single service member that has been in your shoes that wants to be a part of you. But if you too far in yourself, you don't see that. And, and it sucks. And the rest of the civilian population, they just see, oh, well, he's broken. He's just a fit, misfit toy. That, you know, he's expected, he saw combat, he saw this, he saw that. Whatever grows in their mind of what they think that we do, because they have no idea what we do, right? No. And, no. <laughs> and with all of that being said, they're like, oh, well, you know, poor veteran, you know. I hope somebody else can help him. Or, and, and it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. or they don't, or they don't see you uh with anything wrong because um yeah you're not missing a leg yeah yeah i like that one you're not missing a leg you're not missing an arm so you must be okay um you know advice that i give to every single vet that i talk to this is just every single one um i gave it to nooch I think, you know, I, I know I said it to Chris at least once, you got to find your people. You, you do, you gotta, you gotta find your people. You know, these American legions and DAVs and things like that, they're filled with Vietnam vets. You hardly ever see any VSOs in there 
from our generation. I mean, I came in in 95, so, you know, it's, you, you, you hardly ever see it. These American legions, they are filled with Vietnam vets and that's okay. That's fine. That's great that it is, but guess what? They're not going to be around forever. You know, my dad's a Vietnam vet, you know, he's 75, 76, you know, so, you know, our generation needs to get in and, and do stuff. So much has changed with electronics and, you know, being able to, the lines of communication. I mean, when Nooch and I became friends, Facebook wasn't a thing. So we actually had to like write letters to each other. <laughs> you know, so I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying it's, I, you know, things have really changed. So um, let me ask you this. You know, was ink invented by that time? What, you have what? to go out there. Was there ink yeah, and yeah, paper, no, we had or did ink. you have to go make no, it no, yourself? We had, you? <laughs> <laughs> we had ink. We did. We had ink. Um, I just, no, I mean, I just, you know, so much has changed, like with the computer generation. I mean, and we were in service when they started installing the computers, when they, you know, started getting rid of the forms, making everything electronic. You know, and the VA is trying to go electronic. I mean, you can do your healthcare stuff online with secure messaging. You, um, you know, they have telehealth. They have, um, <clears throat> you know, vets.gov where you can file your own claim and you can, you know, file for your own benefits. You no longer have to print the form out and send it in. Um, and you can really, you know, you can apply for your uh, educational benefits as well on vets.gov. They really started consolidating everything to that. Um, if you filed for disability and somebody helped you, even if you didn't use vets.gov to do that, if you have an account there, you can log in and you can track the progress of, you know, how your stuff, <clears throat> how your stuff is doing and how that claim is proceeding granted it doesn't give you that much information but it at least gives you an idea of you know where stuff is in the process um and there and there really is there's so much out there um so many benefits and and i don't think that you know the taps class is still really covering what they really need to um i think there needs to be more vsos out there that really learn you know, how this is done, um, what benefits are out there, how many different benefits are out there. Um, I think that a lot of organizations, they try to do a good job. They really do. Um, but there, you know, there's a lot more. There's also a lot more women vets now too. So that's a whole nother, <laughs> you know, that's a whole nother thing. Um, just as far as you're going to circle back to the comment that you made were, uh, one of two things that you sure. mentioned was the women veterans were not comfortable going into the DAV and sitting down with counselors has in your experience as a VSO, has that improved? And then my other question is actually about the non-deployers 
that never did it any time. What, what do you think? Why do you think they feel that way? Because service is still service. And I know most of the people that are probably listening to this are post 9-11. But everybody before post 9-11, they still did their service as well. Um, there is unfortunately a divide, uh, in the veteran community just on the, and it's, and it's the old, I would say it's the old guard. Um, so there are a number of veterans out there that believe that if you didn't deploy, that you're not a real veteran. It's a wrong attitude to have. It's absolutely wrong, but it exists. And I don't know where some of these women came up with they're not a veteran because they didn't deploy. Um, I, I'm not sure where they got it. I'm sure they, they heard some somebody just mentioned that, you know, you never served because you yeah. weren't out there so, on the front lines, you know. And, yeah, I mean, I, a lot of, I sorry. And a lot of people may feel inferior to those who saw live action or was directly putting put in a combat situation if they never had a bullet whiz overhead or an explosion around them or had that immediate fear. They feel like imposters, but they don't realize that they had a role and the entire evolution of where we're at today, what we've done yesterday. I, I, I personally feel that the trailblazers before me that did not deploy, but set it up to where when I did deploy, there was tools and equipment there ready for me to use when I needed to use it. So this whole entire, oh, you didn't deploy or you were never on the front lines. I I had never really got that because it's a, it's a service and you can't be on the front lines without all the mechanisms and personnel that got you there to the front line. Right. Um, now, I, uh, I, I've only ever encountered it once and it was, I... I was just, I, I was at a, like a, I was at a, like a veteran gathering or whatever. And I didn't know many people, but I had been invited to go. So I went and, um, one of the guys and he, he had served, um, in the army in Vietnam and he was going around asking the vets, you know, all the vets, there different questions. And, you know, he got to me and he's like, oh, well, you know, did you really serve? And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I did. And he's like, well, you probably, you know, you probably didn't deploy. I said, oh no, I did quite a few times actually. And the demeanor changed almost instantaneously. So, you know, it's wrong. It's a wrong attitude. I think it should be corrected. And I told him, I said, just because, you know, if somebody didn't deploy, it doesn't mean they're a vet. They, they were back. They ordered something. They provided something. They, you know, filled a seat that allowed for you to deploy and for you to go do those things. So, you know, I think it's just, like I said, the, we need more of our generation 
in it and it and it's not just because the military changed from you know it's a very different era from Vietnam to the 9/11 generation and it's So Amy so, I want to ask you this Hey uh, uh real quick because before I need the you, sound clip. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. I, I need the sound clip of her answer in the the first question. Um uh, remember the uh, woman veterans are they getting better at filing their claims and going and seeing VS? I think so. Yes, I think so. I definitely think so. Um, I also think that the VA healthcare is getting better for women overall. You know, when I started using in 2008, you know, you could barely find a female vet. I, I knew there were more than me. So, I mean, I saw them occasionally, but you just, you can barely find them, you know? So now there, there's a whole lot more. I mean, they offer maternity care now for veterans. You know, you can, they have, you know, the health centers for women vets, you know, they can go in, they don't need their primary care to ask, you know, to do like their annual exams and things like that. So it's definitely, it's definitely gotten a lot better. I'd like to dial in a little bit on the pregnant of veterans is that like let's say i'm pregnant well obviously i'm not going to get pregnant but let's say you're a pregnant service member right oh you never know in today's world but let's say a pregnant service member is getting out and Mm -hmm. they haven't given birth yet but they're getting out so does does the va help out with that yes yes they provide pumps, there's classes, um, they provide labor and delivery, maternity care, all of it. So. So since we addressed that, I have another question for you. Sure. One of the things that we talk about here is being part of the change not just being the people that complain and blame it on somebody else. Right. Part of what fixes the the problem. That's actually why this podcast originally started, right? Me and Chris were sitting around and we were upset about everything that was going on. But what we were more upset about, it wasn't that the, what was happening, it was that we felt that we were powerless to do anything. And we said, you know what, Chris? How about we become part of the solution instead of being part of the problem? And part of the problem in our eyes was that everybody bitches or complains. Everybody complains. However, they don't do anything past that. So in my eyes, how can someone, and you said someone needs to be part of the solution by having more VSOs, correct? So how does one become a VSO? So uh, at the DAV, um, you you join a chapter, and then uh, someone in the chapter recommends you for it, and then you have to go through the training. And they usually do training at least once a year, but generally the chapter, well, at least the chapter in Virginia Beach that I was at, they tried to do it for the area chapters. It's just like all the chapters would come together and do the training. Um, they would do it like every six months. 
Okay, but what are the prerequisites? Do you have to be an active duty service? Can, can you do this, an active duty service? So at the DAV, so at the DAV, you have to be a veteran. You have to. Um, okay. In fact, the DAV, uh, their national uh, veteran service officers, which are actually paid positions, and those are generally at the regional, they generally have their offices at the regional VA office for, the, for whatever state they're in they have to actually have some type of VA disability in order to be hired. They will not, it's only, only disabled vets. Um, you know, I honestly, like throughout my disability claim, I only ever had to get help one time. <laughs> um, and it was because the VA made a really big mistake on my claim. So, um, I had to go through the process of uh, a queue, which is a clear and unmistakable error on my claim and prove that the VA had made a, had made a big mistake. <laughs> it took me, took me about a year and the DAV's national service officers and uh, I proved it, so. Are the so, positions as VSOs, are they all volunteers? At the chapters, yes. the the national serve uh, the, the national service officers at the regional offices; those are paid positions. But everything else is volunteer. So, where are these uh, regional offices at? Uh, it depends. Um, here in the state of Texas, uh, I believe the regional office is near Austin, uh, Louisiana. The regional office is in New Orleans. Um, in Virginia, the regional office is in Roanoke. So you just look up VA regional offices for that particular state, then you can find where that regional office is. So those uh, VSOs that are working at the local DAV office are most likely all volunteer. They're all volunteer. All of it is volunteer. Um, in fact, uh, like there's actually a process that you can get, um, you, you have to take a test that you can become an agent registered with the VA as a veteran service officer. So you're independent on your own through no agency at all. Um, if you do that, you cannot charge for services. So really? Yeah, you're not allowed to charge for services. Um, there's a lot of places out there that try to charge money and they're actually not technically allowed. The only ones that are technically allowed to charge money are lawyers that take on uh, appeal, uh, appealed cases. So the disability, if it comes back and you don't like it and you want to appeal it, you can get a lawyer. But those lawyers are bound um, to like social security disability. They can only charge you so much of the back pay that you end up getting if the appellate court for the VA finds that, you know, finds in your favor. So, so they only pay if they win. Yeah, if they're a lawyer, but like the DAV, they'll, so lawyers independently, they can choose which disabilities. If you appeal a case, they can choose, pick and choose which ones they want to represent you on. If you have an organization like the American Legion or the DAV represents you in that appeal case for your disability, they represent all of it. So they won't pick and choose, you know, which disability, like, you know, we're not going to help you with your knee, but we'll help you with your back type of deal. 
So shifting gears a little bit. Sure. More onto what your situation and myself as a current active duty service member that is going through this process. As a is there any any help that you can afford or is that something that is are we out of limits or is that something that's no. taboo or how does that work? No. Um Usually people ask me what they're going to do, you know, when they get to certain stages. Um, so, it, I mean, it really, it, it's each veteran and what your particular circumstances are, because each one of us is just a little bit different as far as, you know, what disabilities and what's going on with you medically and, you know, um, but um, in general, you know, I tell people, you know, if you haven't gone to sick bay a year out, 365 days, man, you need to start going. You need to start complaining about everything. If you stubbed your toe, go complain about it. Um, really some important things, the last physical that you do, that is hugely important. And the VA, when they're deciding your disability, will look at that. Huge. And I didn't even realize that until much, much longer after mine was all said and done. Um, that's really huge. Um, another big thing that a lot of vets don't know, if they don't give you a full dental workup before you retire or before you get out, they have to annotate that on your DD-214. So if they annotate and they haven't done a full workup, you're eligible for VA dental for 180 days to do anything that they didn't do in the military. And VA dental is one of those weird things where not everybody qualifies for it, regardless of your disability status. So, yeah, yeah. But, um, so for VA dental, just, I can see the questions. <laughs> so for VA dental, <laughs> um, of course, you can get it for that first, you know, 180 days if you didn't have that full workup when you retired or got out, and it's annotated on your DD-214. Um, you also uh, can get VA dental, and you're eligible for it if you were a POW. Um, if you have a dental-rated disability, you will be entitled to dental from day one. Um, or if you are 100%, you are considered 100% disabled through the VA, then you are entitled to dental. Thank you for clarifying that. That is very yeah. difficult and people don't understand that. So um, this is a lot of stuff. You know, we, we talked about your experience as a VSO in the DAV. We talked about uh, women veterans and mm -hmm. how they've progressed, thankfully, to becoming way better and having better representation than the VSO arena and filing claims we talked about you know back pain sleep apnea talked about <laughs> mental health the, you know and, and it's funny because the sleep apnea it, it's everybody's like oh yeah you just make sure you get sleep apnea it's 50 percent and i'm like Not i'm thinking anymore. in my head i'm like i'm thinking Not in my anymore. head I'm like, i just i just want a machine so i could sleep you know that's right. all i care about yeah you know because yeah. Not anymore. i have sleep Not apnea anymore. Yeah, it, it sucks. Um, then, you know, we talked about 
um, the whole entire pregnancy thing. And then we also talked about how to become VSOs. So uh, summarizing it up, you know, it, wow, there's a lot of information <laughs> that was put out on this, this, uh, you guys want me to come and back? I can do this again. Absolutely. If you guys yeah. can get a list of stuff together for the VA, just just start asking me questions. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that's that's great. Uh, you know, it's nice to have someone with VSO experience on here because we're going to challenge people to ask questions for us to ask on here. And what what I want to do is yes, bring you back eventually in the in the near future and what you don't realize is that this is actually a testimonial not a uh, organization organization episodes get released once a week okay and they're scheduled out but testimonials they get shortcutted so you'll get released sooner than the other resource um but i am on the facebook page so people in the group can ask me questions there Yes, yes, you are one of the group experts inside of our Facebook page. Thank you for mentioning that. So, for the record, what is the Facebook page so that all our listeners can hear it from your beautiful mouth to their ears? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, no, no, it's it's great. I mean, uh, but yeah, no, I got to add it to the Facebook page so they are welcome to ask me any questions they want about the VA. Anything they want. If I don't know the answer, I'll go find it fairly quickly. So, did I miss something? He wants you to say the name. I'm just going. Oh, go I'm sorry. Return to roots. You... Oh, hold on. Well, I'm not talking. Go ahead. I said it. Return to roots. Yeah. So, yes, the uh, Return to Roots Miltavet Facebook group page. Yogi White. Come on, man. All right. So, any save rounds or alibis? All right, cool. We're going to go into the bonus round. So okay. this will be the the only time we do the bonus round with you uh, because when we do follow-up questions, we're follow-up interviews and stuff like that. We're not going to ask you unless you tell us purposely to right. ask you these questions. So are you ready for the bonus round? Sure. All right. What kind of book or podcast do you recommend service members to listen to? So a really good book is uh, Make Your Bed, and it was written by um, Admiral Mc, uh, McRaven. That is a fantastic book. I love that book. I've read it about 12, 15 times. I read it every year since I started reading it. Yep. yep. Make you Your Bed. A little bit, can you tell us a little bit about Make Your Bed? The book, oh, it's, you know, it's, I mean, it, it's make your bed. It's the little things because you want to feel as though you've accomplished things. So sometimes you just get so overwhelmed that, you know, I, I, I know I have anxiety. So you get really overwhelmed and you don't seem to be getting anything accomplished for the day. And just simple tasks like making your bed give you that sense of accomplishment. And sometimes when the day is super horrible and you didn't accomplish anything and you feel like you want to punch yourself in the face, right. at least you come back to just having a made bed and you feel happy about it. Mm -hmm. 
So with that being said, I have three questions. One, because you were a veteran. Normally it would be two for everyone else. But before joining the military, what advice would you give yourself joining the military? That's one of them. Second question would be your 18-year-old self. What advice would you give to that wonderful lady or young lady? And then the third would be as you were transitioning out now from the glass being 2020, what advice would you give that lady um, from your perspective now? Um, joining the military. Um, I wouldn't, there's nothing I would change there. Um, I made, I, you know, I didn't know much when I was 18, but I did know that I would have partied myself right out of college. So yeah, <laughs> going to the military was the absolute correct decision. Um, and, um, you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that as far as giving myself, you know, I would say the advice I would have given myself was just taking better care of myself overall. I think now if I had gone to medical and, and really just, you know, taking care of myself instead of being afraid of being a sick bay commando, you know, maybe things would be a little different now. So that would be the advice. Um, as far as the advice when I was transitioning, oh my goodness, um, have a plan, have a plan and really uh, don't wait to take control of your life going forward. Um, you know, it's like I said, when I did my disability and things, somebody just looked through my record, went through it and said, hey, just claim this stuff and do this and oh, hey, you should probably go do that, you know, and I just kind of, like I'd always been doing in the military, just kind of followed, I was like, okay, you know, I'll go do that, and didn't really, it took me a couple years to really grasp what disability was, what the VA had to offer, what services were out there, um, you know, I really, I don't beat myself up over it because look at where I am now. I mean, man, if I knew all the information I knew then that I know now, oh my goodness. But um, yeah, now, yeah, just to just to not wait, just to start learning from the word go. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. The. Uh... It was funny because while you were talking, my ears started ringing and I was like, oh man, well, what'd you say? Because my ears were ringing. Ah, oh, lovely tinnitus. <laughs> uh, that's the gift that keeps on giving. It's usually whenever I'm in a really quiet, uh, whenever it's like super quiet, I'm like afraid to go. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, that's why I like someone's like, oh, you should do a deprivation chamber. And I'm like, I don't think you understand what that's going to do to me. Tinnitus, they just changed that too with the VA disability. It is no longer, really? yep, it is no longer a rateable disability. Are you serious? Wow. Dead serious. Wow. Yep. 
it ha it's a symptom. They're going to treat it as a symptom to other things. So, mm. which is, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's more appropriate or not. It's just, you know, but they've slowly, uh, yeah, crazy. yeah, they've slowly been going through the schedule of ratings and how they rate stuff and things are slowly changing. So Here, here's a good is, question. I know, I know we were in the bonus round and <laughs> it just kind of popped up in my head. What happens to everybody that's already gotten all their ratings? Are they grandfathering them or are yes. they going through and okay. So no. So what happens with that is you are grandfathered. However, if you decide that for whatever reason you don't like that rating and you want an increase or things have gotten worse and you want to go back and you want to refile, then you are now subject to the new rules. Well, yeah. That's how that works. You are grandfathered until you touch it. And once you touch it, it, yeah, it yeah. It makes sense. It, it makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. So again, thanks for sharing all that information. And before we let you go, we want to make sure that we ask you, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, so uh, my email is amylk750 at gmail.com. And that is the best way to do it. Ah, return to roots too. <laughs> return to roots, multi vets, the group, yes. the expert, the yeah. young lady, Amy Calgett, <laughs> be willing to help us out and any one of our listeners. Yeah, no, um, with... I mean, I mean, honestly, I love what you guys are doing. Anything you guys need anything i i really am 100 percent behind it. it this is so great we, i've looked so at you guys stuff and do. yeah yeah this, and this is tremendous this is awesome like seriously thank you about that and and what we want people to do is actually like post these questions out obviously we understand if there's sensitivity and subjects you know hey maybe just throw out a question out there on, on the Facebook page because there's other people guaranteed that have the same question. There's no dumb question out there. Just and ignorant can, people. And you can always ask for a friend. That simple. Yeah. Messenger, yeah. they can message me. You know, I'll see it. So, um, you know, if they if someone feels like I'm a part of other veterans groups on Facebook, so if there's a sensitive question out there, you know, just you know, I'll tell people you can put it in Messenger if you don't want to talk about it, you know, in the public. Um, so that's always out there. Uh, you know, if I really start talking to somebody, I'll I'll release my phone number to them, obviously. But I like to know who I'm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't don't recommend putting that out I don't need somebody really calling me and it's like that kind of looks like extended car warranty. I don't think I'm gonna answer that. I you know, and I don't want that to happen. So well, I, get just... the, I get that one all the time and I get the oh well, we would like to buy your property at blah blah oh, blah. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, get that yeah, one I too. get that one all the time. Thank you, China. My properties are not for sale. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, I'm not selling you my home, dude. <laughs> well, again, hey, thank you so much for coming on to Return to Roots. We really sure. do appreciate you coming on here and taking the time. And this this is this is not Yogi and Chris's organization. This is a tribe of people like you. And together is how we get through things. It's it's this whole entire silo people working in silos, you know, and thinking that, oh, I gotta keep all my knowledge to myself that's what's that's what's really hurting us so when we share our experiences and the resources that are out there then we're getting that much closer to hedging those numbers out there that are the 30 percent are homeless in california i'd love to see zero percent on that you know that's that's our goal so thank you so much for coming on here and talking with us absolutely to clarify, we don't only want to just see the homeless drop in California. We want to see it across the United States. Yeah. And if any one of our veterans that are that chose to stay away and they stayed overseas for financial reasons or whatever reasons, we don't want them to suffer right. in silence. We don't want them to be homeless. And we don't want them to think about any ideations because we're here for you. Yeah. The veteran community is it is amazing. It really is. Really, I, I love being part of it. So all right, Amy. We want to absolutely thank you for coming on the show. You have brought a wealth <laughs> of knowledge and we were not even, I believe that we were not even able to grasp about the tip of the iceberg of the information or the wealth that you have. So thank you so much. And we absolutely. will bring you back and we will obviously keep you in touch and we will be yeah. able to learn more from your wise knowledge in our page as we follow you along and thank you for being part of our journey yeah absolutely anytime any question that's that's why i learned this so other vets didn't have to go through some of the stuff i did yes and thank you so much again and to everybody that's out there amy she's got a lot of information in this show she she put out ways for the for you to contact her so do that don't sit in silence don't suffer in silence and remember this it is your transition not anyone else's only you care about your transition and it's not all rainbows and unicorns out there ladies and gentlemen so get out there and take care of your transition return to roots out Do us a solid. Share this content with everyone you know, regardless if they're associated with the military or not. This content will help someone you know, and hopefully will lessen the deadly gap after service. 
Our goal is to do whatever we can to reduce the number of suicides from 22 to zero within the community. Give us a five-star review, follow, like, and subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, TikTok, and you can follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram for more content from our guests. These are our personal experiences, and we do not represent the views of the United States Navy and or the Department of Defense. Your transition is ultimately up to you. Please do your research and ask questions. Use Master Chief Google or ask a friend and network within the community that you belong to. Return to Roots out.